Hello, and welcome to the Untitled Female Driven Podcast. We are three film and television writers who are here to talk about how to make it as professional writers in the entertainment industry. This podcast covers what we wish we'd known when we were getting started, so you can learn the easy way what we learned the hard way. I'm Hannah Rosner. I'm mostly right for television. I'm Erica Schreiber. I mostly write features. And I'm Jess Cho, and I mostly write for television. And today, we are happy to bring you a special strike episode because we did it y'all we did it! <laughs> i'm the doing a dance i'm literally over. doing a happy dance right now i'm waving my fingers around yeah it's a thing the wga was a rock solid wall of unity and solidarity we brought our demands we did not yield and we've gotten a really fucking great deal it's it really that good. way yeah yeah uh yeah I want to talk more about it, but uh, one of you was t- saying there's a really good breakdown of it somewhere. Yes. Uh, if you if you want a breakdown of uh, all the deal points, um, don't ask us because we're not uh, <laughs> we're not the people to come to for that. Uh, we know generally what's going on, but um, uh, John August of Script Notes, um, he has been doing this side cast where he does he's been talking about the strike. You know, like every other, every couple episodes. And so the most recent one, the most recent Script Notes episode is called Sidecast. Uh, this, you know, WGA deal or what we won. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but if you just look at, um, look for that, he and Megana, his co, there's like two other co hosts that go over it in detail and really break it down and explain um, what they, what we got. So check that one out. And we yes. got a lot. <laughs> we did. No writer left behind. In a good yeah. way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so we're obviously not going to go into depth uh, or in depth into the deal points, but we thought we'd just go around and talk about all our favorite things, kind of like Sound of Music. We didn't get yeah. any drops on roses or whiskers on kittens, but we got other things. How do we know we didn't get whiskers on kittens? Because Ellen Stutzman is that good. <laughs> yeah, she really is. Um, yeah, I, there's so much to be excited about in here. It's hard to even know where to start. I mean, one of the best things I think that doesn't help any of us at this point, but um, helps a lot of writers out there is staff writers get script fees now. Like, that's incredible. That The fact that that wasn't a thing before is, is ridiculous. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but also, like, development room premiums and, and terms of, you know, new minimums, better minimums. There's just so much good stuff in here. I think the thing I'm most excited about in terms of the way that I think it's going to affect the, the future of the writing profession and the future of the uh, film and TV business, or specifically the TV business, is writers in production. So for single camera series made for HBSVOD, which means high budget streaming video on demand, which is basically streaming, uh, and pay TV that's filmed in the US and Canada, two writer producers must be employed for the lesser of 20 weeks of production or the duration of production along with the showrunner. So what we're this means- We're going to set, bitches! Why, yes, exactly. <laughs> we're going to set. And why this means, why this is important and why this is great is there has been just, there used to be like a pipeline. Um, there used to be a ladder where you start as a staff writer, you know, you work your way up and, you know, almost all writers would get to go to set to produce their episode. And that's so important as we've talked about on this podcast before, because it's not the job of a writer or the job of a showrunner particularly is 
goes so much uh, goes so much farther beyond just the writing and the creative aspect. You need to know how to run a set. You need to know how to give notes. You need to know how to work with you know directors to give notes. You know to actors. You need to know about all the aspects of production and what things cost. Um, and because so much of so many streaming shows, you know, they end the writers' rooms will end well before shows get shot. Um, writers were not going to, I mean, there's various reasons why, but for a lot of reasons, writers were not going to set. And this was so hard on production between leaving the showrunner to basically do everything themselves, which is extremely difficult, but also you're not able to train, you know, mid-level, lower-level writers uh, so that when they get, you know, when they start running shows of their own, they actually know what to do when they go to set. So this is just such a big deal for so many reasons. Yay. I, may I say yep. that, that this does not include feature writers. We remain unwelcome on sets. But uh, we did get Unless something else. Unless you direct else. it. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's true. Uh, so we actually got feature gains in this deal, which seems like it should go without saying, but shouldn't go without saying, because a lot of times feature writers get left out of NBA improvements in, in, a, in a way that is kind of upsetting to us. But the thing that we got that I'm most excited about is two-step deals, right? And so basically uh, a one-step deal means you are hired to write the thing. You are not hired to rewrite the thing. You are not hired to do any kind of outline or anything like that. And I can tell you that there is no such thing as a one-step deal for features. Like this has been a huge issue for a really long time because uh, we get forced to rewrite anyway usually by producers, uh, and it means we can't turn in, if it's just a one-step thing, we can't turn in the best version of our work. So, and there are some caveats. The budget needs to be uh, $30 million or above, um, and you need to have been offered less than twice the uh, mandatory minimum price for either getting hired to write a feature or for doing a spec. And the reason that's so important on the spec side is because before this, uh, we've discussed this before, if you sell a screenplay or do an option, none of that counts towards your health and pension unless there's a rewrite step. So now there has to be a rewrite step, which will make so many more feature writers get more health and pension paid into. So that's the thing I'm like most excited about. Yeah, lots of stuff about longevity, right? Hannah, your thing about like writers going to set, it's about the longevity of their careers. Mm-hmm. And Erica, the two steps of features, longevity of their, I guess, lives because they get healthcare now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, right. We're all about that healthcare. But yeah, it just, it just is a way that screeners have been taken advantage of for a really long time that it's not a perfect solution. None of these are going to be, for the most part, perfect solutions, but it is incredibly helpful. And I think it's going to make a difference for a lot of people, including me. Mm-hmm. So I would say my favorite thing um, has to do with AI protections, artificial intelligence. Uh, the WGA was able to establish some regulations on its use on all MBA covered projects. And I believe at the beginning of the strike, the what was the offer from the studios? It's like, we'll have meetings twice a year to talk about it it. (laughs) no it was a meeting once a year the dda historic deal is that they got two meetings about it oh yeah yeah that's a punishment that's not that's not a deal point that's a punishment (laughs) nobody wants a meeting leadership (laughs) you gotta talk to them about it now 
Yeah. So we have regulations now, and they are as follows: like AI can't write or rewrite literary material, and AI-generated material will not be considered source material under the MBA, meaning that AI-generated material can't be used to undermine a writer's credit or separated rights.、Woo. This, to me, is huge. It basically means that the studio can't like have AI churn out a script and say, "Hey, writer, polish this," i.e., completely rewrite it so it sounds like a human being. Um, and here's five thousand dollars to do all of that work.、Right. You know, they can't. Basically, it's protecting the writer's ability to tell stories, and also protecting、um, the payments that they will get that will allow them to live their lives in Los Angeles or wherever they happen to be. Yeah, like you said, <laughs>、well、Jess, this is all. I feel feel like all three of the of the things that we've mentioned so far, and so many things we haven't mentioned that are in this、uh, incredible deal. Have to do with the longevity of writers' careers and the longevity of the profession <laughs> in general, like in keeping humans involved, keeping humans,、uh, you know, making making movies, writing movies, and not getting exploited. And it's just going to, it's just kind of crazy that this negotiation was about such existential、yeah. um, points and, and and you know really important things that we need. In order to not just make a living, but allow you know allow for people to continue to work in this business, it's it's kind of insane. Absolutely, no, it, it was as existential, right? We went on strike because the deal we had and the deal we were offered in May would have meant the end of screenwriting as a profession. Like it, you know, like you feel like such a drama queen saying it, but it it was true. It is true. It's been true all along, and I think that is part of why there was such. Turnout and such enthusiasm amongst writers that we kept it going for so long. But also, I think part of the reason why people were so supportive is we were like, "Hey, if this doesn't happen, we won't exist." And they were like, "Oh, okay, cool. Well, then we will come pick it with you, or we'll come send you food, or you know, whatever." Very different,、uh, to my understanding, from the two thousand seven two thousand eight strike.、Um, just a whole different vibe. Yeah. yeah, I I was literally having lunch today with someone, a writer who had gone through the previous strike, and he said the. Difference between solidarity of sister unions between the strike and last strike is night and day. He said last time it felt like there was a lot of resentment of like God,、uh, you guys are holding up the business because you want more, but now and also holding up the business for things that were kind of abstract, like you want internet rights. What does that even mean? But now, fast forward to you know present day, and it feels like oh, we understand now, and we、yeah. understand how the studios have exploited the system, and now everyone is feeling the the hurt of that. And the understanding is, if we all stand together and support each other, we can all get what we need.、Um, speaking of sisters, sister unions, one of my favorite moments. Hannah and I went to the the big WGA meeting, and、um, was when they were explaining how we unfortunately did not get the right to not cross SAG picket lines without you know fear of losing your job or whatever.、Hmm. And that when leadership talked to the Teamsters about it, they just kind of went, they kind of you know shrugged and said like, "That's cool. We can." I mean. Production won't go until we say it does, and I was like,、yeah. "Damn, teenagers, <laughs>、yeah. you're serious!" Yeah. <laughs>、uh, so that's good to hear. Gotta love for the our, teamsters. For our sisters and brothers still on on strike. Yeah.、Um, what are you guys most proud of that you accomplished during the strike, or didn't accomplish? Because by the way, you didn't need to accomplish anything、um, other than resting or you know doing literally whatever because. <laughs> Weren't just getting through it. Yeah, yeah, but、um, you know, I guess what are you proudest of that 
you did or the way that you spent your time or energy during the strike? I was going to say the thing that I'm proudest of for the strike was just um, being forced to socialize because I'm a very hardcore introvert, but picketing meant had to go out there. You had to walk in circles and often that meant talking to people. And I got to meet a lot of really cool new people who were fun and great. And it really got me out of my shell. And yeah, I'm just, I feel like I made new friends that I'm excited about. And um, I feel like I've built a greater sense of community with the writers and other people that I've met on the picket. And yeah, that was the thing that I was proudest of. For the record, Jess, uh, you were the person I ran into the most unexpectedly. I know. We were just popping up. (laughs) I know. I would be like picketing. And I was like, I feel like there's a 50% chance that Jess is just somehow here, even though we live on opposite sides of town. And sometimes Yes. And it was a different studio every time. (laughs) Yes. It's like Jess is at Warner Brothers and or, you know, at Universal or wherever. Wherever I've run into you, I'm just like, and there's Jess. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So in terms of what I most, I feel like my... My biggest contribution, and I'm so glad to like look back and be like, I did a specific contribution, was that I co-organized a special picket, which was the women celebrating women and LGBTQ plus people in horror. And which was awesome, had, by the way. It was so it was so, so it was fun. massive too. Like I know one I, of the biggest uh, pickets I have seen at Netflix, and I most I would say I was mostly at Netflix or Disney or Warner Brothers. I think we had over 500 people, and like horror fans are just the best, right? You know, I showed up at eight o'clock to, you know, start getting set up and there were already horror fans there wearing their like Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirts, whatever. And just be like, hey, we're here. How can we help you? Like not writers, not actors, horror fans. And I was just like, you guys are amazing. Yeah. By the way, it was like, I don't know, 95 degrees that day, like it was for the entire month of August. And people were in, you know, just like decked out. There was like Jason masks and like there's a lot of like people in (laughs) costume. (laughs) And um, it was pretty impressive. Costumes and stuff. Um, And just shouting out my my co-organizers. I reached out originally to Maggie Levin, who's a friend of the podcast. And she reached out to, so SAG went on strike while Maggie and I were planning this. And so she reached out to Bria Grant, who reached out to Barbara Crampton. And we also involved Rebecca McKendry, who is a WGA member, but also like just a, like a pillar of the horror community. And we did the thing and the thing was incredible. And I am really, really proud of that. I think that was something that like hopefully freaked out Ted Sarandis a little bit. Yeah, like, <laughs> look at this window. People, and like so much, people. yeah, so much fake blood, like outside. Yes. <laughs> so people with like fake knives, and yeah, you know, scary. But you're right. It's like for the the dichotomy of people dressed in like really scary outfits, but also being really smiley and happy and like dancing was mm-hmm. just just a, a wonderful juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, my proudest moment of the strike was definitely after your picket. Uh, special picket, giving Jess a ride on the back of my e-bike. <laughs> Wait, what? I it was yeah. so fun. It was so oh cute. my god, Hannah! I wish someone could have seen us. Like, I, oh it was proud. It was pretty iconic. It was amazing. It <laughs> yeah. was great. Like, we had little helmets, and yeah. we were just speeding along with our rolled-up shirts, riding picket, like sweaty from picketing. I was like, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do that again for sure. I was like, this is the perfect scene from a platonic romantic movie. Exactly. It's very cute. Um, 
But in all seriousness, the I would I would second what Jess said about connecting with the writing community. I really felt like this immense sense of solidarity and community, which to be fair, I've always felt, but sort of um, virtually or in rare mm-hmm. occurrences of, you know, being in a physically in a writer's room with people. But for most of my career, it's like, you know, you meet people, I don't know, you just don't, you don't really like meet people at mixers or whatever, like you can, and that has happened, but it's also just been like, for me, when I was an assistant, I met a lot of up and coming writers or aspiring writers while we were working on someone's desk and then had like stayed in touch, you know, but would so rarely see each other. And on the picket line, I ran into so many people that I've known over the last 14 years and getting to reconnect with those people while also like making new connections with people and not in a networky way because it's, I don't have scripts to sell you and you we're, we're mm-hmm. all writers. It was more just like, we're just bonding and being human beings and um, talking about, you know, creativity or how we're how we're keeping ourselves sane during the strike. That was really, really uh, incredible to me. Um, but also in terms of accomplishments, as much as I feel like if you didn't write or you didn't have the energy to write a spec or finish a spec, I felt like it was really important to me to write or like at least finish my pilot before the end of the strike, because I was like, if the strike ends and I don't have a new staffing sample, I'm going to be very upset with myself. I didn't finish a script, but I did get a freelance job that I really enjoyed and was like a whole learning curve thing of like, I wrote a story game for this website. Oh, it was awesome. Mm. Oh, did you play it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We love it. It's so cute. Um, It's ongoing. Uh, And um, I don't know. I think it's something that playing video games, honestly, had really prepared me for. But um, it was just such a great distraction and such an investment of you know creative juices that I couldn't you know you we, we can we could write scripts during the strike but we couldn't really do anything else you know like it was such a great thing to have something actually appear and be able to work with someone else on it and all that so hooray well done it what was the name of the thing again it was a really cute name I remember Oh, it's called Love Bites, and it's yeah. a retelling of Romeo and Juliet with uh, modern-day vampires and werewolves, and it's uh, it's a very me thing. <laughs> I love it's it. It's fun. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, okay, so all of that sounds like we – it feels like we had a pretty good ex- – like we found things – like we found the silver lining of the strike. That's kind of yeah. what it sounds like. But what was the hardest part of the strike for everybody besides, obviously, having to get through it? Um, I'll start. Yay. I just had this sort of general anxiety because I just do about all things. I <laughs> tend to catastrophize about the future. And um, for me, it was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was mostly just scared. Like the studio scare tactics are going to work. Like the trade magazines, like the weird stuff, the weird PR spin that they keep putting out is going to have an effect on everyone. That the union's going to break. That they're going to settle for a lesser deal. All the things. Um but none of those things happened because it was all about solidarity. I I sort of had this weird, and this is like you, Jess, I also have just general anxiety um, in terms of like the way that I am spending my time, like every single day, I'm like, all right, I need to accomplish all these things. And of course, inevitably, it's not going to happen by the end of the day. So the, the strike was, you know, five months of that. Uh, and it really was like, I spent a lot of time worrying that it was like either I was picketing so much that I wasn't devoting enough time to writing 
or I was writing, I was spending so much time writing and doing other things that are writing adjacent, uh, like teaching my writing class and things like that, that I was like, not felt like I wasn't doing enough, uh, picketing or being, or as a captain. So I was a strike captain and initially I was sort of, I guess I didn't realize this, but when you're a strike captain, you're also kind of like expected to work the lines or be there at a certain time and direct traffic or keep an eye on safety and keep an eye on like keeping people moving and all that. And I did that for like the first month and I got extremely burned out. I was really, um, I discovered during the strike that I get extremely overwhelmed and uh, I'm very hypersensitive. So with lots of honking, you know, I think we talked Mm -hmm. about this on our last strike episode, like with all the honking and, and just like all the people that you see, it was really overwhelming. And so once I started, you know, I, I told them like, I don't think I can commit to being a, a lot captain. I also wanted to pick it. I wanted to be able to have the freedom to go to different lots. Um, but I also had a day job. So it was like trying to balance all of that stuff while being, you know, not full-time employed. It also, I kept realizing this is ridiculous. Like no one is paying me to be this stressed out. I need to chill. Um, (laughs) So I think I found a a good balance by the last like month or so. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Just feeling like, am I doing enough? Am I doing this right? Uh, Was like always in the back of my mind for some reason. So I'm working on that. I mean, we could spend a whole podcast episode talking about like, am I doing this right? Yeah. That that was my thing too. That was the hard, that was just the am I doing right? Am I doing enough? You know? Uh, and then the, like, am I using this opportunity enough to get to know other writers, you know, um, or to see writers I haven't seen in a long time? Like I really, you know, like when the strike came to an end, I was like, you know, there's like a bunch of people who I meant to email to be like, can we pick it together and catch up? That list is long, you know? I mean, and, uh, Erica, that was, I, I did not, I like barely slept on Monday night. And that mm-hmm. is what I was thinking about. Like that is what kept me yeah. up at 4am was just this like list in my head of all these people that I like, oh, I should have followed up or, oh, we should have, you know, whatever. And then it's like, as my therapist says all the time, maybe focus less on should and look at what you actually did. And I did meet a ton of people and I did yeah. reconnect and like get coffees and get drinks. And so- but yeah, I'm with you, Erica. I was, I, I've been like <laughs> having like this weird FOMO. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I think, um, you know, when the, I think there's just always any, anyone with any amount of anxiety, which I think is all writers, um, when something ends, you immediately are like, but wait, I wasn't ready. Right. And like, even yes, though absolutely. we are, we're all dying for the strike to end and just, I, it felt like, like, just living in that uncertainty and anxiety of like, oh my God, is this ever going to end? Oh my God, it did end. Wait, now what? Now I have to go back to writing? Like, oh my God, I didn't do enough. You know, like I didn't didn't pick it enough. I didn't talk to enough people. I could have organized another special picket. Like there's so many things. And I am just going to make a blanket statement that we all did enough because we got it done. And that's what matters. And there are like heroes of the strike. And, you know, we're, we're cool guys. We are not Joelle Garfinkel. I was going to uh, say, yeah, we're not Joelle. <laughs> or fake Carol, unless one of us secretly is fake Carol. And if so, she's oh so right now. Oh, my God. 
I I just want to figure out who that person is. I'm not funny enough. Put their identity out on the internet or anything. No, and they wouldn't tell me. I was like, please tell me. That's good. No, that's good. I'm glad that people are because she or he or they said in that article. I don't know if it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter. It was a Hollywood Reporter interview. Yeah, interviewed uh, Fake Carol recently, and and they had said. I don't want my identity to be known, which I think is pretty smart. Um, yeah, but also, yeah. if any, I, there are ways to be like, find out who this person is and hire them. You know, like yeah. let's get them. Yes. Beca- and let's get them work. Know that maybe that could be whispered. Um, right. But it's also I just realized it's like Bridgerton, right? Like Lady Whistledown. Ooh, yeah. dude, Fake Carol is the Lady Whistledown of the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of my one of my straight crews were going to brunch at the Sherman Oaks Gallery at Cheesecake Factory in honor of Fake Carol and the negotiations and everything. I'm very excited. Uh, oh, that's amazing. But yeah, I, that that was my thing, and also honestly, like the physical toll that picketing could take. Like I did not pick it as much as I wanted to, in part because like I just had some pain that I was dealing yeah. with, and I'm no, I know a lot of writers had this too. You know, like. Um, it's not it's it's pretty unforgiving like the cement like humans are even in our hokas we're not meant to walk on that for hours and hours at a time every day you know like that's just not mm-hmm. unless you know you're like a 20 year old athlete so why are you in the writer's guild but good for you uh, <laughs> so like there was the emotional toll there was the physical toll and like i i just think we we survived and that is something to be really proud of yeah yeah what, so is there anything I, I want to ask a question that's off script real quick. I was wondering, is there anything hmm. you guys are going to miss about it or like have, you know, sort not miss necessarily, but like one of those silver linings that you're going to look back fondly and be like, ah, that was nice when that happened. Or that was like a one of the good things about the strike. I mean, the this obvious is gonna... one is not having the excuse to not be working to be hired yes. you know yes, 100%. like now yeah I mean, like we're obviously in a weird place right now where the industry is like who am i what are we doing uh sag still on strike but like there is something to be said for like now the problem is me <laughs> so, <laughs> not really but you know what i mean right that like yeah. we it's couldn't me. work I'm and now problem. we can work and so if we're not working then uh-oh oh so, yeah yeah. It's still a cutthroat, ruthless industry where there's, you know, only so many seats at the table and we're back to that. And I, I was definitely, I think that was something that And, and the I, table's getting smaller. It is I getting feel. smaller. It's it's a lot bigger than it would have been if we didn't get this deal. Um, then there would be yes. no table. But um, it, it is still, yeah, we're back to that. And I, I think that's also what's keeping me up at 3 a.m. is the, oh, so now I don't have strike anxiety anymore. I just have regular old unemployed writer anxiety and- um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a struggle, but, uh, I also have just, you know, I was lamenting this to my husband the other day and he was saying, yeah, but at least if you want to get a job, you can try to get a job now. You know, there was not any of that and he's right. Um, um, oh, also I have to just say, I am so honored to have been at your husband's first and only picket. <laughs> oh, you know, he <laughs> loved it so much and he really was kind of sad when the strike was over because he was like wow that was so fun like that was, and I was like yeah you get it now <laughs> like I tried to explain this that it's not like fun in the sense that like no one wants to be out of work no one wants to be walking in the hot sun but there is this energy and this solidarity that uh, I have nev- never experienced in my life 
but this was like we were actively actually working on doing something together um and the fact that yeah 10,000 people were all in this together you know i'm sure there was a handful of of people that didn't you know that thought the strike was dumb and we shouldn't you know it wasn't worth it whatever of course there's that but for the most part there's like this massive collect collective action and it actually worked um it's crazy i don't know um yeah but anyway i saw a tweet from someone and i think this is a good idea just write down what you did in the strike put your pictures together like take a beat to just put together something that will help you look back at this time and be like this is where i was and this is what i did and this is what it was like because it is historic not in mm-hmm. the way the amptp keeps saying historic because i don't think they actually know what that word means but <laughs> for us in real real life this is very historic yeah um mm-hmm. what are you gonna miss most jess this is gonna sound so silly but there was something very joyous to me when i would show up on a picket because i never really kept track of special pickets or like what was happening at particular places I would just say, hey, to my friends, like, you want to meet here, I want to meet here, or sometimes I'd just show up at a, a lot, right? But I took so much joy whenever I showed up, and there happened to be a food truck there. Free coffee! I'm going to yeah. miss the free coffee. Yeah. yeah. So, like, free best. coffee, free tea, or just, like, sometimes free ice cream or free tacos or yeah. something. Yes. Free food is, like, the, the best thing. It is. Because it's food, food, and it's yeah. free, and someone was generous and like yes. that's yes. just that was mind-blowing like someone would was so generous that they were like i'm gonna make sure that people can eat uh, that's just i don't know that's so incredible to me yeah um, oh and shout out to dean's coffee for being yeah so yeah awesome uh andrea is a writer's pa and she and her partner uh, dean he what no, Dean? Dean is their hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Dean is, is Andrea's hedgehog who passed away. Amazing. Um, but they, like right from the beginning there, she was just like, what can I do, right? Both in terms of how can I help and how can I make a living during this time? And I worked with her to for the special picket and she was absolutely delightful and their coffee was so delicious and still is. I know they're still helping out SAG, so I just wanted to shout them out. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I think the thing I'm going to miss the most are Chris Kaiser's videos. I can't even tell you how much they meant to me. Like I remember when I went to the first member meeting and heard him speak, I was like, this man is so eloquent and so inspiring. And then over the course of the strike, you know, getting the, like getting a video, I would really like sit down. It was like an event. It was like watching an episode Mm -hmm. of my favorite show because I would sit down and watch it um, and just get like, get this feeling in my chest of like, yeah, it's all going to be okay. We just got to keep doing this. And so that in turn inspired me to keep, you know, emailing my team, just trying to be real and be like, yeah, I was not as eloquent, not even close to as eloquent as Chris, but I would try to say like, hey, if this is how you're feeling, it's okay. I'm feeling this way. Like I would just try to make it clear that like, it's okay to be vulnerable and anxious and stressed out and it's okay to take breaks and all these things. So I feel like his um positivity kept me positive and that you know this kind of stuff like trickles down and it was just incredibly meaningful a lot of the things i think a lot of the the wins that we got and a lot of the like you just said you know if you're to make a collage or write i would encourage everyone to write about what it's what it was like before this is you know all a distant memory because it's so important to remember these intangible things the things that we can't necessarily 
um, write, you know, even really convey in pictures or, you know, our Instagram posts or, you know, these, these memories being so emotional and having these moments Mm of inspiration, generosity, um, compassion, uh, connection on the line. These things are like, for me, the thing that makes me want to be a writer to connect with other writers. Like I don't really, I think that having a, a career and making money is comes second to um, being able to communicate and like make art that uh, touches and inspires someone. Um, and again, which is something that AI could not possibly do. And hence why I'm glad that that is not something we have to worry about anymore. Um, you guys know what I mean? Like just, yes. I think that that all of, all of what we experienced over the course of the strike as difficult uh, and painful as it was, it also was like achingly human um, and incredible to all be in it together. And I, I'm like going to cry even talking about it because I'm yeah, <laughs> just remembering yeah, I mean, it was really important, really special. It's just like High School Musical says, we're all in this together. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I use that gif a bunch of times during the strike. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but do yeah, I burst into this, song? Oh, no. Yeah. It's, you know, people are like, where were you when you found out the strike was ending? I'm like, first of all, I don't remember where I am at any given point. Like, I don't know what it is about life that has made me not remember what I did last weekend. But like, yes, absolutely. But there's just these moments that like really stand out for me uh, in the strike that I definitely want to want to record. Like, you know, my first picket, because I missed the first like three or four weeks picketing just because I had travel plans. And my first picket was the the first horror picket. And like how cool that was and how many people I saw that I hadn't seen in a long time and the energy and the costumes and the insanity. And it just gave me this like confidence to just be like, okay, well now that I see what this is like, cause I was weirdly nervous about picketing. I was like, now I will go forth and pick it where I want. And just, I was the opposite of you. I kept track of those special pickets because they just, they had just this extra sense of fun and urgency at the same time. You know, like I participated mm-hmm. in the, the bake-off I got oh yeah but, oh amazing <laughs> um but like that was a whole thing that was uh you know Rachel Bloom yelling through a megaphone and Ellen Stutzman getting to be the final judge and then there's like the ones I didn't get to go to like I missed the Jurassic Park one because my parents were in town and I like really wanted to go to that <laughs> and I was like oh, oh yeah I really wanted to go to the Battlestar Galactica one oh, me I too one. I missed it as well um but I saw Patrick Wilson in person and I have to tell you he's like he, he looks like an angel, like a, like a real life angel just amongst us. And I was just like, yeah. I've never, like, I've always liked him, but like, I didn't notice how incredibly handsome he was until he was like picketing next to me. I'm like, that's cool, you know? Yeah. Like, but like, even the smaller moments of just like talking to someone I've never talked to before and finding out what they were working on when this went down and like all the dogs and all the signs. Oh, yeah. And just, Great dogs. You know? Yeah. Excellent dogs. Um, so. Yeah, I mean Henry, unfortunately, uh, you not know, picket stayed friendly. home. No, not non-union dog. I think I might frame my sign. He's, he's Your a sign's union so dog, good. but he's a union dog from a slight distance because he loves humans and is like scared of other dogs in a really aggressive way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if if not... Henry was a human, he would have been one of the like 3 a.m. rapid response picketers yes. that only have to picket with like one other person and not the mass horde of, you know, or a neutral time. gate watcher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think one of the, one of the most eye opening aspects of the strike, I feel like the biggest difference between how I am just like how I feel now 
and what I know now versus the beginning of the strike is really how exploited writers have been for so long and just mm. how um, undervalued we've been and by design, you know, it's, yeah. it's like a way for the studios and the companies to uh, make us feel like we're just so lucky to get to do what we love which we are. And I feel like I feel very mm -hmm. lucky, but that doesn't mean I don't deserve to be paid fairly. Right. So I think like everyone kind of the rose colored glasses of like, oh, I'm so lucky to be working in Hollywood. I've I've achieved my dream. I think everybody kind of collectively realized that maybe that's just a narrative that's been pushed on us by our employers. And maybe um, as lucky as we are, we also are deserving and we deserve so much more than what we were getting. So I'm just glad that we've all kind of realized that. And what I really hope we can do going forward is, uh, you know, we held the line for five months. Like maybe we can all hold the line going forward, like indefinitely in terms of not letting the not letting our employers walk all over us and um, not letting them, you know, say, oh, yeah, we know that you're not supposed to do free work. We know you're not supposed to leave behind. But if you don't do it, another writer will and you'll be replaced. Mm -hmm. So I really hope we don't fall for that shit anymore. That would be great. I think that's a nice segue into like what's next for each of us, because I do I do feel that way, too. Like I just I had a call today with a producer and, um, you know, he's he's as much friend as producer. But like we had we pitched something well before the strike started and there was just some question about whether like the exec really loves the project but like or said he did and 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 there's just but there's just confusion about what they're doing over there right and so i straight up told him i was like when you check in with him i want to know not if he like definitely wants it you know not not mm -hmm. i'm not saying definitely buy it i'm not you know one can give that guarantee but like does he really feel like if we can if we pitch it that he would want to just he would definitely want to make this because if the answer is maybe I don't want to go back there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the producer was like, absolutely. Like I, you know, he's like, I'm actually talking to his boss next week. I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds good. Um, but like, I don't know if I would have said that before, you yeah. know, because I think a lot of producers, uh, you know, like they, the, the, the producers need us to come up with the pitches and I'm happy to take that pitch as many places as possible. But like, if someone's holding on to it and they're not sure, I don't want to spend my time on that anymore. You know? So yeah. Yeah. I hope that outlook. there's, I hope I totally feel you. And I hope that we all can remember that we were able to empower ourselves enough to endure uh, this crazy strike. And therefore mm -hmm. we can empower ourselves to be a little bit, you know, more like transparent and blunt like that because we mm -hmm. we want to work. We want to work. We want to write. We're doing this. If we haven't given up by now, like the three of us particularly, you know, if the strike didn't break us, we're not going anywhere. Um, and so if we can also empower ourselves to say in a very polite and uh, diplomatic way, shit or get off the pot, for example, let <laughs> yeah. um, maybe, you know, maybe we can do that. Yeah, I think we're all going to value our time more because we've spent these months on the line and we all talk to each other. I think, honestly, like, uh, there's a very long list of mistakes that the AMPTP made by having us go on strike. But, like, we all talked to each other, you know, and mm -hmm. we all learned all the tricks and that we've all been kind of facing the same thing. And I just feel everyone I've talked to feels this way. Like, we're done being walked over. We 
we want to make things and if you want to make things with us that's awesome and if you you know like that's that's just such a reasonable attitude to have i think going forward yeah love it so what are you guys up to next now that we're done with the striking oh you know my phone's just been ringing off the hook with job offers so <laughs> <laughs> no it's just back to the grind and and you know i feel like my my post-strike life will look a lot like my strike life and my pre-strike life in in terms of like the last year and a year of uh, developments, generals, um, trying to get staff, trying to, you know, just just do that grind. Um, and I'll be taking out a pitch probably in the new year because um, now is just a weird time, but who knows? Uh, and then, yeah. Um, taking out my spec and trying to trying to get staff, but also trying to set up my pilot, um, set up a series. But yeah, I think being on strike made me really want to just hustle and take mm-hmm. like both hustle and when it's time to not hustle, like rest. So like have a mm-hmm. have a clearer distinction between the two um, phases. So yeah, and just take like we talked about, like take more control over my career and em- empower myself a little bit more. But I'm also really tired, um, so the hustle. Yeah, I think we all we all should nap a lot, as much napping as required. <laughs> um, I started writing a feature during the strike that I really love and I really want to finish. Um, I think you know uh, everyone wrote as much as they could, and whether that's you finished a pilot, like that's awesome, or you attached another and he's like, I I did half an outline. I was too stressed. I'm like, that's perfectly fine. Like, go you. You did half an outline. I am proud of you. Like. Hooray. So like, but I, I, I have been working on it and I honestly feel like since the strike has been in the process of ending, I have felt like new energy on it. Um, I have meetings next week for things that I was working on, um, for a TV job and a film job. And we're going to see where we're at, where we actually are with those things and, uh, setting up some more meetings for things that maybe could become projects. But I do feel like there is the, like, you know, we're kind of, we're ready to go, but the, the, the industry is still kind of writing itself from the storm. Like there's a question of like, should we go out with, with TV projects right now? No one seems to know. We're all just kind of waiting to hear what people can buy or want to buy, et cetera. So, and I'm going to continue working on my Love Bites story game. So y'all can tune in for Shakespearean adaptation nonsense. It's going to be great. <laughs> um. Well, I got an email from my showrunner saying going back to work, uh, possibly as early as Monday. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll be sometime in the next week. And then just, yeah, back to a writer's room. That's awesome. I'm going to go off script for a second and just say how glad I am that I got to go through this strike with the two of you. Um, oh, you me too. Because we're my very first picket. Oh. Hannah, you were at my very last picket. <laughs> Jess, you were unexpectedly at many pickets in between. <laughs> many, many. <laughs> and I like, think, you know, yeah, I our... feel like I picketed with you a lot, Erica. I feel like I saw yeah, you no, a lot. I picketed lot. with you both a lot. And like our group chat recording episodes like honestly this has been such an important thing for me in general but specifically over the strike this has been these these relationships with the two of you has just been really empowering and really supportive and i love you guys oh you too we love you too (laughs) we i don't know why i said we i'm just assuming jess loves you too (laughs) 
Well, this is going to keep me up all night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great. Well, then thanks, everybody, for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Untitled Female. You can connect with us there or email us at untitledfemaledrivenpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have any strike stories you want to share, please let us know. And, uh, yeah, just tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about. Bye. Bye. Bye.